ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hudson, back with another episode here in The Truth, back with another episode of On the Court, episode number 23. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the Miami Heat. I am joined once again by AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good now. How are you? Doing so great. The Twins just beat the Astros in game two. We're going back to Minneapolis with the series 1-1. You know, the Vikings did lose today, but you know what? I still think we're going to win the uh, the NFC North Division this this year. I really do. So I'm excited to see what we're going to do. I mean, obviously, we need to get going sometime soon, but should be should be in our favor. Um, I think we're, we're going to be in the right path. And like I said, Twins won today, which was just awesome. So I'm in a good mood today. But anyways, guys, today we're going to be talking about the Miami Heat on the On the Court series, episode number 23. For those that do not know what On the Court is, it is your basically, basically your individualized team preview as we get you guys as ready for the NBA season as possible. The NBA season is fastly approaching on us. We'll go over our three key players, our bus, our breakout player, sleeper player, team MVP, key draft picks, and offseason moves. Then we'll go ahead and go into our two keys to success, as well as our conference standing prediction for the upcoming year. So without further ado, AJ, go ahead and give me your three key players for the Miami Heat this season. So first one, Aspie, Emo, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's been carrying this team. He carried the team to the finals last year. I mean, in the bubble, he carried the team. Just as a whole, this team is Jimmy Butler. Basically 23 points. Uh, per game last year, six rebounds, 5.3 assists, shoots well uh, from the field. His three-point percentage could use some help. It is It, it was up from his normal career, three-point percentage by three points. Uh, field goal percentage almost uh, 40 or 54% there, so solid. This team just, it's surrounded around Jimmy. This team wins and loses through Jimmy. And, I mean, it's been shown. I mean, they don't, they were potentially going to get Dame, and then that didn't happen. So it's going to be a really interesting situation there. Next up's going to be Bam Adebayo. I think he's more uh, more underrated center slash power forward for this team. Uh, all the defensive player four times, two-time All-Star, uh, 20.4 points per game last year, 9.2 rebounds. Obviously, his name has gotten a lot bigger, people well, more well-known those last few years. But he's been doing this for a while. Uh, every year he's progressed, last two years, 19 and 20 points per game. He doesn't shoot the three well at all, career three-point percentage at 12.9, so pretty pretty bad there. But uh, he doesn't really need to be used as that uh, great pick-and-roll guy for Jimmy also plays well at the games. And next up, I'm going to go with Tower, Tower Hero. Uh, I mean, I didn't really want to put Hero here just because he hasn't – he didn't play basically last year, felt like. Uh, definitely didn't play in any type of – uh, finals or playoff series there because of the hand injury. But he's been a solid player for them. Uh, he's an interesting number three guy, good six-man, one six-man of the year just a few years ago. Still only 23 years old, uh, 20.1 points per game last year, 5.4 rebounds, 4.2 assists. Shoots the well, shoots the three ball a lot better than Jimmy and Bam does. Uh, last year, 37.8, career 38.3. Uh, 30, 43.9 from the field. Uh, free throw percentage last year at 93.4. So good, good shooting percentage there as well. Just as a whole, his game has gotten better these last few years. La- last two years, 20 points per game there. So he's been a lot better. I think that he does fit that more six-man role. So losing all, out on Dame, uh, that was rumored that that's basically the only place he wanted to go was the Heat. Uh, definitely puts Hero in more of a highlighted spot. 
Yeah, so my first key player has got to be Jimmy Emo Butler. I think it was hilarious when he came out to his presser and he, <laughs> the way he looked. I mean, he's one of those guys that, for me, I didn't like him when he was with Minnesota, <laughs> but which is kind of weird because I'm a Timberwolves fan. But ever since he joined the Heat, I think a lot of people have really started to like Jimmy Butler. And he's been really good for them. I mean, he was one of the key factors, if not the key factor for the Heat last season in their Eastern Conference Finals run. I'm going to end up winning the Eastern Conference Finals and making the NBA Finals. He was the guy that was consistently game in and game out having success. You know, for the most part, his career stayed relatively healthy. Obviously, he started his career with Chicago, had good success there, had pretty good success as well with Minnesota. Played for the 76ers for a year, which I think some people did forget before playing with the Heat the last four seasons. It's kind of hard to believe it's been the last four seasons that he's been with the Heat. But going into this year, you know, he's, he's tasked as being the, the best player there on the Heat. He's going to be their focal point. He's going to be the one that's going to lead them if they're going to get back into you know, uh, contention or a title contention, I should say, just because of the impact that he does make on that Heat team. So going into the season, I'm going to be very interested to see how he plays and what types of successes he does have for them. But he is an all-around tremendous shooting guard for them. He complements the Heat very well. I think this Heat team obviously did a lot better than people expected. They were coming into the Eastern Conference playoffs as an eight seed. They've made their way through the play-in and were able to come away with the Eastern Conference crown. So going into this year, I think they got better. I don't think they got worse, which is huge. It would have been great to get Dame Lillard as well. I mean, that's obvious. But unfortunately, didn't get him. It doesn't mean that there are lost causes here. I think, you know, they're going to be just fine. And like I said, having success with him is going to be huge. Uh, with Jimmy Butler, that is, you know, for their team as a whole. So I'm curious to see, you know, how they, they are and what kind of team they're looking like. But Jimmy Butler is the guy that's had the most success for them. I'm going to go with Bam Adebayo as my second key player, as you mentioned. I think one of the more underrated players in the league, especially when uh, you're talking about big men in the league. You obviously have guys that you, you talk about, but I don't feel like Bam Adebayo gets enough recognition of the recognition that he deserves. Last season, 20.4 points per game, 9.2 rebounds and 3.2 assists. Had career highs there in points. Um, so close to a career high in rebounds and close to a career high in assists. So he was overall a very good player for the Heat last season. And he complimented Jimmy Butler well, particularly in the pick-and-pop game, which I think is his calling card, especially this season. And that's something that the Heat are going to need to do a little bit more of. Yeah, their guard plays good. you got Kyle Lowry as well as Tyler Hero. But they don't have that prolific guard that Dave would have been for them. Um, and so going into this year here, Jimmy Butler basically assumes that guard role and it works a great pick-and-pop with Bam. Bam's interesting, too. You know, Bam... Not a good three-point shooter at all. I think he shot 8% from three, but he's not a three-point shooter. So he's going to be a guy that's going to be working in the paint tremendously, and that's something that's going to be you know, a key to his success. But he compliments Jimmy Butler well, and I think that's the biggest thing for Bam going into the season is finding ways to compliment Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler, as mentioned, is the forefront of the offense, but Bam fits him very well. And then finally, I'm going to go with Kyle Lowry. I've always liked Kyle Lowry. I mean, especially since he came over with the Heat. I think this is a perfect fit for Kyle Lowry. I mean, you look at this guard play as a whole. Obviously, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, we talked about him, or you talked about him, I should say. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry is a guy that I think goes underrated, especially last season. 11.2 points, 4.1 rebounds, 5.1 assists in his first, second season, excuse me, with Miami. Going into the season, he's going to have a bit of an increased role, which is something that he's poised and used to having there uh, in Toronto where he had a lot of success and ended up winning a championship. But it kind of like the same, uh, not necessarily play style with he was in Toronto, but he's going to be around the same player that you'd expect, um, and around the same success stories that he did have there in Toronto. For Miami, he was pretty solid last season, just a good facilitator at the point guard position. Played about half the games or started about half the games for them. So you want to see a little bit more consistency there. But you can compliment either Tyler Hero or you know him very well. So whatever they run at the guard position, they should be just fine. But I think Kyle Lowry's poised for another successful year this year. Okay, what about your bust? 
So for my bus, I'm going to go with Timberwolves, Timberwolves legend Kevin Love. Uh, Kevin Love, I mean, last year in 62 games, 8.2 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 1.9 assists, 38.9% from the field, which is about 5% lower than his career average, 33.4 from three, which is 4% down from his career average, 33 percentage up about 5% at 87.9 there. Just that he's getting older. I mean, we see him big man getting uh, older. They usually the games don't – their game doesn't usually translate that well. Uh, he's 35 now. He turned 35 about a month ago at this point. Still – he still played a good amount of games, though, at 62, uh, being between Cleveland and Miami. Uh, when he got to Miami, he started more games uh, as a whole. Started 17 to 21 compared to the uh, 3 to 41 when he was with Cleveland. Uh, but all his numbers basically went down once he left Cleveland. Uh, his minutes stayed right about the same, exactly 20 minutes per game there. I just don't see him having much of an impact. Uh, I know he's a good stretch uh, for there, be able to shoot the three at a very high percentage, which does help out with the spacing, especially if you, with him and uh, Bam on the floor. Bam can play more in the center, and Love can stretch the four position and shoot the three. But I just don't think it's going to be the best for them. I mean, this team, they want to win. They, I think that they don't need to get younger, but they need some type of like star power. And getting someone like uh, Kevin Love, who is basically out of his prime at this point, he's been out of his prime for the last couple of years. We've seen it; the numbers have gone down uh, drastically because of age and just not being able to move as well because being older. I just don't think that he's going to be the best fit. I think that he'll be a good fit off the bench, but. I'd be surprised if he's one of the majority starters or if he does start, he's only going to play like the 20 minutes per game, if not less, and probably more of a facilitator than an overall score, unless if he just has that wide open three. Yeah, I got to go with Kevin Love as well. Timberwolf legend, my favorite Timberwolf of all time. I always loved Kevin Love. Actually, he's my second favorite Timberwolf behind the GOAT, the godfather, Nikola Pekovic. But Kevin Love, you know, tremendous career in Minnesota. I got to see the tail end of his career and really remember the tail end of his career. I'm there in Minnesota. Left in 2014, played with the Cavs. I really felt like Kevin Love was never the same when he left Minnesota. And that's not because that he was just a, a terrible player. He just... I don't like feel like even when he was with um, Cleveland that he was – I mean, he was great, but he wasn't Minnesota great. I think one of the reasons why is because in Minnesota, he was the key player there. And, you know, when he was with the Cavs, there was obviously some other key players like LeBron, Kyrie even. It kind of took the spotlight away from him. But he played with Cleveland, I think, longer actually than he played with Minnesota and then came over to Miami last season, more of just a veteran role presence, um, which is, I think, an underrated aspect of building an NBA roster, to be quite frank. I mean – it's obviously great to have your stars, but having veteran presence as well is huge, and Kevin Love provides that. I was expecting a little bit more from him in the playoffs as far as playing time, but he really didn't get it. He played 21 games in the regular season for the, uh, the Miami Heat last season, including 17 games where he started. He really didn't touch the court there in the playoffs, but Kevin Love is a knockdown shooter from three. That's where he got his calling card there in 2017. 41.5% from three there, which was absolutely tremendous for him. And that was something that I had wanted to see, not necessarily more of when he was with the Timberwolves, but that was why he had success. And so going into you know Miami and then last season, obviously a little bit more of a disappointment, 29.7 from three. He's getting older. I believe he's 35, if I'm not mistaken. But a Timberwolves legend, I hate to put him at the best position. I just don't see him having a big impact or a role impact for him this season. That's one of the reasons why I unfortunately have to put him at the bus. But love Kevin Love. I hope he's able to you know, be successful for the Heat, but I just don't see it happening this year. I really don't. Okay, what about your breakout player? So my breakout player, I have Nikola Jovic. Not Nikola Jokic, not him. 
Jovich. Uh, Jovich, I believe, recently just also got his high school, just graduated from high school, like just like a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, 20 years old uh, from the United Kingdom with 27th overall pick uh, just last year. All he put in 15 games, 5.5 points per game, 2.1 rebounds, 0.7 assists, 40.6 from the field, 22.9 from three, 94.7. Uh, 94.7 from the free throw. As a big man, I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, he basically just under one, one, two free throws per game, and he's basically making every single free throw attempt that he had. Great, it wasn't many, but also the games that he played, he started eight of the 15 there. Uh, in the playoffs, he, his minutes definitely got reduced down uh, just under two minutes per game. Wasn't really much of a factor in any of those, just more in the uh, blowout games that weren't really just meaningless minutes at that point but i don't know this roster needs an i i guess another stretch type of guy at the big man position as we mentioned both have mentioned bam Adebayo is not a good three-point shooter but with kevin love getting older uh and him being more of that stretch big man it's they're gonna need to be able to get another center or another guy who's able to stretch the floor a little bit i think that's when nikola jovich comes in uh, yet he's never been the best three-point percentage shooter, but much better than Bam. Uh, and I think that he can become better also at shooting. Uh, he, has, he has more of a frame that he's able to do it. He's not the most physical guy down low. Uh, he is 6'10", but he is only 209 pounds. So not the biggest, bulkiest guy down low. So he's going to be able to have to work on his game. Uh, maybe not exactly from three, but just be able to create spacing for Jimmy, who isn't uh, the greatest three-point shooter either be able to create lanes there for him. And I think Jovic is able to do that, especially for how young he is. He's able to learn that type of game, get molded to play, be that type of player. Yeah, I got Nikola Jovic as well, not Nikola Jokic. Jovic, uh, he is so relatively young. As you mentioned, 20 years old. Last season appeared in 15 games, started in eight of them. You know, I thought for a rookie campaign, especially with the Heat, I thought it was fine. It wasn't great. As you mentioned, not a great three-point shooter. More one of those um, old I, – I like to say old-timing forwards there where he's not going to shoot the rock tremendously, but he's going to play, you know, good good playmaking forward and all that. And so going into this year, you know, I'm curious to see what his role is going to be. I think there are some guys ahead of him, but I do believe he's going to continue to grow and get some more playing time. He's a guy as well that you don't necessarily expect to get playing time, especially at age 20, but he can get tremendous minutes. I mean, he showed why he was got drafted where he got drafted there with the number 27 overall pick, and he, he did provide some depth to Miami. Obviously not tremendous depth, but good enough depth to have somewhat of a role there for Miami Heat this last past season. But going into this year, I think if you look at this roster as a whole, there's obviously almost everybody's a guy that's broken out. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's broken out. Kyle Lowry's broken out. Bam Adebayo's broken out. Kevin Love did it a period of time. But there isn't many guys that can necessarily break out. There's obviously some guys in the team that had success for the Heat last season. But I think Nikola Jovic is going to have his minutes up. I think he's going to have more success, more than 13.6 minutes a game, and be a more reliable player that they can go to a consistent basis. And he is still relatively young, so even if he doesn't get tremendous minutes this season, I think, you know, as time goes on, he's going to get more and more developed into the league and have better chances of having success. So really liking, you know, him moving forward here for the Heat. Okay, what about your sleeper? So my sleeper is someone who's probably in front of uh, Nikola uh, it's going to be Thomas Bryant. Last year was with the Nuggets when they won uh, won their championship there. Uh, was with the Wizards for a couple years before that and then started off with the Lakers. Uh, he's a little bit bigger, same height as Nicole, 
uh, Nicola at 6'10", but 248 pounds there. Last year in 59 games, 9.8 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, 0.5 assists, 62.3 from the field, 44.1 from three, 73.8 from the free throw line. Uh, he was a late second round pick back in 2017. Uh, was solid with the Lakers, only played one year there. Or not really solid with the Lakers, he didn't really get much time. But once he got over to the Wizards, that's when he started playing a lot better. I mean, he's always been a pretty solid three-point shooter uh, once he's actually gotten the shots. Uh, he's had multiple years, uh, three years now, where he shot over 40% from three. Last year was the career high at 44.1%. Uh, we've seen him average 13, 14 minutes per game as well. Good, good amount of rebounds. And that's him only playing in uh, 25 to 27 minutes, his two, his two big years with Washington. Uh, the last couple of years, he's had he's had added some injury issues, so that has limited his time on the court. But last year, uh, 18 minutes per game, I could definitely see that going up this team, especially as we both mentioned that, uh, again, Bam isn't the best three-point shooter, but Thomas Bryant is able to definitely stretch the four. Uh, he plays more of a center position than the power forward, uh, so we may see Bam play more of the power forward, but uh, have more of the game of the center and Thomas Bryant starting more at the center position, but having more of that stretch four position, but I guess now stretch five position for how well he's able to shoot. Yeah. So for my sleeper play, I'm going to go ahead and go with Duncan Robinson. I feel like this is a guy that kind of fell off the radar, especially last season. He had his worst year, obviously dealt with some injuries and some other stuff as well. So wasn't really able to be as versatile as he was in 2019 and 20, 2020 to 2021. Last season, only started in one game, played 42 injuries, as I mentioned, with injuries. Only had 6.1 points per game, you know, before 13 points per game. So he was a guy that had success for the Heat. He was a guy that a lot of people considered to have a good season or were projecting to have a good season. But going into this year, I think he's going to get a little bit of that reputation back. People forget a lot of the time. In 2019, he had started in 68 games and shot an astonish- astonishing 44.6% from three points. He's a guy that's the tremendous shooters, had tremendous success and and entering his fifth or sorry, sixth season in the NBA. He's poised for another big season as long as he's able to stay healthy and on the court. I think he's going to. I mean, he can never predict injuries, obviously, but I think with with everything that's came out of camp and everything like that, I mean, there's been a lot of um, hints suggesting that he's poised for a big year this year. So I'm I'm curious to see how he's going to fit in that rotation. I think he's maybe the two or even the three there at the, at the four position, but a guy that can have tremendous success. He's proven it time and time again. and can fill in some good uh, bench spots as well. So I think there's a lot of good things riding on him and, and um, poised to have a positive, positive campaign, and that's something that you need, especially if you're Duncan Robinson. Okay, your team MVP. Team MVP, I got to go with Jimmy. Uh, just for all things that I said at the top of the episode, how he's basically the heart and soul of this team. They win or lose through Jimmy. Uh, if Jimmy's not on the floor, they're most likely going to lose. Jimmy wills his team to win. Uh, I just think that without Jimmy on this team, like I said, if he's not on the floor, they're most likely not going to win. So uh, he's been a difference maker. He plays a shit ton of minutes. I mean, he plays in uh, double overtime games all the way through. I mean, he doesn't take any time off. Great defensively. does uh, very smart plays offensively. Never really has a wrong read or does something dumb. I think Again, this team runs through Jimmy, and he he needs help. He needs some type of help because the last few years, he hasn't really had much help. Yeah, he's had Bam, a hero here and there, but he's never had that second number two go-to guy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jimmy again. I think he really showcased how valuable he is to a franchise last season um, with the success that he was able to have there for the Heat. And 
pretty much single-handedly bullying them to the postseason. I think a lot's going to be the same for Jimmy Butler this year. You mentioned Jimmy Butler's 34 years old, but he's still got tons of life left in his legs. He's a guy who can be successful for another three, four years in the NBA. So that's going to be something that he's looking to do um, this season there for the Miami Heat. And I think he's got to continue to be that successful player for the Miami Heat because you know, if the Miami Heat want to have any chance to get into the NBA Finals once again, they need to fitter, find ways to stack up and compete with the West, rest of the Eastern Conference. He mentioned, obviously, Damian Lillard would have been a tremendous addition, but he's now in the Bucks, who joins the 76ers and the Celtics for really being the front runners to competing for that this year. So there's a lot of things riding on Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Emo Butler, but I think he's poised for another big season, and I think this is his um, best opportunity to have success is with the Miami Heat. So there's a lot of things to be excited about with Jimmy Butler, and I'm excited to see what he's going to bring for the Heat this year. Right, go ahead and give me your key draft picks slash offseason moves. So for my key draft picks, I only have one. I have Jamie Jacquez Jr. of UCLA. Uh, four, four-year starter there at UCLA. Uh, last year, 17.8 minutes per game. Uh, he only had 2.4 assists per game, but 8.2 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.6 blocks, uh, less than two turnovers per game, less than two fouls per game, playing about 33 minutes per game there. Uh, shot 48.1% from the field. Uh, his three-point percentage isn't the highest, 317 last year. Uh, two years ago, his sophomore year, he did shoot 39.4% there. So there is definitely the upside of that, but there's also the downside of the year before his shooting year, where he shot 276 So been pretty inconsistent shooting the three. Uh, last year, free throw percentage at 77%. He's had lows, he's had highs there, but I think that's going to be a pretty solid number he's going to live at. I think this he fits in pretty good, sliding probably right into the three spot here. Uh, not the best shooter, three-point percentage shooter. Uh, I feel like he has a very similar like game as a whole, maybe outside of like free throw percent, uh, as Jimmy Butler. Like, I feel like they're both very good defensively. Uh, they're not going to go out there and give you those huge flashy nights where they're going to give you uh, 50, 60 points per game, but they're going to do everything right. They're going to rebound. They're going to pass. Uh, they're going to score. They're going to shoot from the field at high uh, efficiency. Again, three ball is going to be here or there. Uh, some nights they'll be on, sometimes they won't. But they also don't shoot a high amount of threes. Uh, both Jimmy and him both shoot a uh, very low percentage the amount of attempts per game. Last year, Jacquez only shot uh, 2.8 threes per game, so basically three, point, three threes a game and made one out of three. So not the highest percentage, but he also doesn't take a lot of dumb shots as well. Yeah, I got Jamie uh, Jacquez, I guess, like for it as well. Out of UCLA, I mean, this is a UCLA legend. He's got good size and strength, which makes him able to play the three or four consistently. Tremendous footwork for a guy his size. I think an underrated aspect of his game, he's able to move around the court efficiently. With that, moves very quickly all over the floor. He's high flying. He's one of those fours that's just completely flying around the court. Seems like every moment. Able to create his own shots and take contested jumpers. Again, looking at a rookie and wanting to get minutes, taking contested jumpers is definitely... (laughs) Definitely going to help your chances of getting on the court there. But he's able to do it there at UCLA. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do it um, this season or even at least early on with the Heat. He's a smart defender. The best part is stealing away the passing lanes, which, again, I think the Heat want to pride themselves in the defense. So getting a guy like him to fill that hole is going to be great. And he played baseball as well. Fun fact in high school. So I love those dual dual sport athletes, especially baseball players. As we're both baseball players as well. But uh, he obviously had tremendous hair there at UCLA last season, a tremendous player at UCLA. I think when this year at the Heat, they're looking for a guy that can give them an impact from 
you know, game one, start one. And this is a guy that can definitely do that. Uh, so they did invest that in the draft and they were able to have success, at least initially there. So, like I said, just curious more than anything what he's going to be able to do for the Heat. But I think it was a tremendous draft pick, not only for this season, but for the future. Free agent-wise, I'm going to go with Josh Richardson as my first one. Shooting guard from the Pelicans. I've loved Josh Richardson. Loved Josh Richardson this season. He's a guy that can play both the one and two position in the rotation. A good overall role player. This is a guy that, again, I think it was his role-playing ability was a little bit underrated. Flashy finisher inside, but also known for getting too aggressive or blocked at times. So that's going to be something that he has to work on. It helps that he's going to be with Jimmy Butler. He's going to be able to kind of hold the rock there and, and do that for him. That was one of the reasons why he did have trouble there with the Pelicans last season. But he's able to limit that. He'll be good. He's a pretty just solid defender overall. Nothing too great, too bad. Adding size will definitely help him on both sides of the floor. And he benefits the Heat well, especially losing Gabe Vincent this year. So that's one of the reasons why I think they brought him in and, and are hoping for him to have success from the get-go. Thomas Bryant, center from the Nuggets. Elite size for an NBA center, big but mobile. I love these guys that are big but mobile. I feel like sometimes guys are too big, some guys are too mobile. And it's a bad combination to have, but a guy that's right in the middle there is definitely something that's important for the Heat. And again, with the identity that the Heat have been trying to basically utilize, he's a big-time rebounder and finisher in the paint. Not much action uh, because, I mean, the center on the Nuggets was Nikola Jokic. So why was he going to have a tremendous amount of minutes? But coming out from the Nuggets, just winning a championship, is definitely going to be able to provide that aspect there um, for just overall success. He's uh, able to move up and down the court as well. Plays with a lot of positive energy. Positive energy, I think, is huge. You know, getting guys amped for whatever situation, you know, they run into, um, especially as a big man there. He's able to shoot from the perimeter as well, flops open, runs into turnovers and foul trouble because of how aggressive he does play, which can lead him into trouble, which is why I think he's a good solid player off the bench. Work on his low post scoring game as well, just a tad to have some overall depth. And he's a solid option on the picker from the Heat. I think more than anything, one of the reasons why he's a solid option is because not many people know too much about him, right? Because he kind of sat on the bench there for the Nuggets and wasn't a guy that, you know, was a, a big-time guy or a big-time name for the Nuggets because, like I said, had Nikola Jokic, um, who obviously was a bigger-time player, but a guy that can make an impact. And then I also added Drew Smith, shooting guard from the Nets. Role-playing point guard, he was previously weighed by the Heat. Curious to see the impact that he'll make down the line, but I don't see much of an opportunity for him. But he's still young and tons of talent left on the table, so we'll see if it really... Um, if he does get any minutes, I don't expect him to get tons of minutes, but it is a guy that a lot of people were excited about coming into the draft a couple of years ago. And um, he definitely, I wouldn't say is disappointed, but now with his second stint with the Heat, maybe has more of an opportunity this time. Okay, your two keys to success. So first one is get Jimmy help. Like, we need a number, like a solid number two guy. Uh, I know Bam's been a solid number two guy, but like you need one more. Uh, I feel like now in the NBA, you need to do like a big three Tyler Hero hasn't really been part of that big three, it feels like, in the sense of him being in the starting lineup. He's a great uh, six-man. It seems like that's the type of role that he's definitely been more – he's definitely embraced a lot more. I think that's the way he'll probably be, especially if Jimmy runs more of the two, Lowry at the one. That's going to be big there. But I, I, they need one more guy. I don't know if it's just a more of like a another – if it's a point guard, what it really is, what where they'll slide in. But they need to find someone just to – take some pressure off Jimmy because it seems like no matter what, they still find ways to double team Jimmy. Uh, and, some, and it seems to be successful because again, the team runs through Jimmy and then shooting's the next one. Uh, Bam isn't a great shooter. Hero's been a good shooter. Lowry and Jimmy are both very similar. Uh, it's uh, Duncan there. I mean, uh, Duncan Robinson has been back and forth and he's been injured recently as well. So, and he's also had a little bit more of a down year uh, shooting wise uh, Josh Richardson wasn't a bad option. He's a good three-point shooter. 
Uh, not the best contest three-point shooter, but as a whole can be a good three-point shooter. Kevin Love is a decent uh, four spacer to be able to be a shooter, but he is getting older. His uh, minutes are probably going to go down. His usage is going to go down as well. I think that it's just shooting, be able to create spacing because, again, Jimmy isn't going to take a lot of threes. Uh, he shoots at a pretty good percentage at the low, low amount that he shoots at, but he's more of a down downhill threat uh He's going to kick the ball out to the shooters, and you just need to be able to surround him with shooters. So my first key to success is just recover from the fall of the Damian Lillard trade. I mean, obviously, it had led to some controversy. Jimmy Butler said the NBA should look into tampering from the Milwaukee Bucks of it. Was it because that tampering was actually involved, or was it because Jimmy, Je- Jimmy Butler was jealous that they didn't get Damian Lillard? But I think that was their prized, hopeful possession going into the season, and they didn't get him, right? So it obviously hurt them there. They thought Damian would have been a perfect addition for the Heat. Unfortunately, they didn't get him. It's time to move on, though, right? It's time to find, you know, a different aspect. I mean, I thought their guards were good to begin with. Obviously, you would love to have a Damian Lillard just because of what Damian Lillard is able to provide at his position. But, you know, Damian Lillard is also not the end of the guy that's going to necessarily turn their, their franchise around because the Jimmy Butler and the he were able to make the NBA Finals last season. Sure, they weren't able to win it, but they were able to make it without Jimmy, uh, without Damian Lillard, excuse me. And so going into this year, got to find a way to recover from it, which means you're going to have to have good guard play. You're going to have to have good play from Tyler Hero, good play from Kyle Lowry, and you'll be just fine. And the second key to success is just to find a way back to the Eastern Conference Final. I mean, Eric Spolstra has done it time and time again. A lot of maybe less coaching with Spolstra when he was with the Heat with LeBron and um, Dwayne Wade and Chris Boss, but he's been there. He's a savvy vet. He was able to help guide the Heat in the right direction. The Heat were a very... Interesting team, a lot of undrafted guys, not big name guys in their team, but were able to get it done, you know, and, and win the Eastern Conference last season. So that's going to be their focus going into this year is finding ways to get back to that and, you know, find ways to get back to the promised land. I think they have a perfect opportunity to do it this season. And um, like I said, I think good coaching is going to be the difference maker for this one and, and having the heat, you know, have the success that they did last year. And I guess want to continue riding that success going into this year. Okay, what about your standings prediction? So... I first originally thought, like, if the trade goes through with Dame, I'm going to put him at number one. I think that Dame is that good of a player, and him and Jimmy will work out perfectly. But I'm moving him down to five. Uh, I think that those other teams, like the Bucks. I mean, they acquired Dame. I think they're easily number one. I think we both have our number one. Celtics are up there. I think I have them right around where the Knicks are, 76ers. 76ers really rely on uh, James Harden, if those rumors that came out about him. Uh, being a practice bit that Tobias Harris says that he actually wants to be there with the way he's playing makes it seem that way. Uh, 76ers could be a threat to potentially move in front of them. I really like the Knicks this year. I think the Knicks will be solid. I think they're right in that area. Uh, I think they still they make a playoff spot. I think it's because of Jimmy putting on a backpack and carrying him there. But I think they still make a playoff spot. But I think it's going to be on the lower end now. I think that losing out on Dame and also kind of the morale of the team, uh, losing off on, losing on Dame, because I, I, most people thought that he was going to he was going to go there. I think most of the players on the team thought he was going to go there because uh, I came out that Dame basically said I only want to go to the Heat. And now losing that, I think that it may hinder them just a little bit. But I'm towards the end. I'm at five this year. I have them at three. I'm buying on the Heat this year. I really am. I think last season they were able to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals as an eight seed, and they were able to do that pretty battered up throughout the season. Going into this year, they should be. You know, as close to fully healthy as possible. So 
it should lead them with a perfect opportunity to have success. And I think they're really going to this season. I think there's a lot of opportunity for success. And I think what the Heat have and, you know, what they're going to continue to have moving forward here and, you know, the continued emergence of, of Jimmy Butler and continued play that he's been able to have. And just for the Heat in general, I think they're poised for another great season. I think the Eastern Conference is very challenging. I mean, we've talked about it. Obviously, we've gone over basically every team. It's very challenging. But I think this is a team that can definitely have success for them this season um, and be one of those teams that is contending you know, for an NBA championship this year. So that's one of the reasons why I had them at third. I think they definitely fit the mold there. But as you mentioned, with how good this Eastern Conference is, who really knows um, what successes you know these teams are going to have. But I think the Heat are definitely a team that can find a way to get back in the uh, NBA Finals and um, find a way to maybe win it this time. But they're still a really good team. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to be doing this season. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. The Truth as want to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. Make sure you follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok at the.tt.truth as well. And make sure you guys join us for tomorrow's episode. We're going to be covering another very interesting team in the Atlanta Hawks. We do hope that you guys join us for that. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen. Joined once again by AJ Ponciano. We appreciate you guys' support. We appreciate you guys listening. We're almost done with the On the Court series, so bear with us. We're almost done, as mentioned, but uh, we appreciate the support. We'll talk to you guys in the next one. Take care and good night.